Welcome to another episode of the D-Suite Nation. We're at Daisy Dukes Bar in Flint. I am joined today by one of my favorite people. One of my favorite people. Fellas Mutual. Big Mike Fordham in the house today. Mike, man, how you doing, man? Appreciate the invite, man. I'm doing lovely. Well, I appreciate you accepting the invite. Trust me, I really, uh, I'm really glad that you're here. Uh, Tell us, first of all, tell us how uh, how life was growing up in Flint, man. Because I know you're from Flint. Tell us how that was when you were uh, living in Flint, growing up as a maybe a preteen and into your teen years. Preteen, teen years, man. I I lived the life just like a lot of other Flintstones. Dealt with uh, Reverend Wade over at Foss Avenue uh, Christian School. Um, Foss Avenue, I Foss remember Foss Avenue. Avenue. Hey, but a lot of people have like horror stories, you know, because because Reverend Wade didn't play. But me and uh, Marlando, his son, we were like this. So, you know, I, I never saw the the, uh, the other side <laughs> of, of Reverend Wade. Uh, so it, it was an awesome experience. Love of uh, my one of my teacher, favorite teachers back at uh, Foss Avenue Christian School was uh, Miss Mac Reynolds. I uh, ended up going to Stewart, uh, went to Atherton for a little while, but then came back to Flint. But again, you know, same same experience as a lot of people. Flint Flint will give you its different challenges, and, and you know, we, we all stood up and, and faced them and came out on top. When I think of Foss Avenue, man, I, when I was at Potter Elementary School, oh, no, you didn't. we played them every year in basketball, Absolutely. Foss Avenue, and they were good, too. Yeah, they was. They were good, too. <laughs> they had almost, God on their side. Yeah, almost as good as us. Um, <laughs> Now you're at the the, uh, the new Flint Cultural Center. Absolutely. Tell us tell us a little bit about the Flint Cultural Center to those who might not be as familiar as what that is. Well, right. I'm at the uh, Flint Cultural Center Academy. Now it's located within the Cultural Center. Now in the Cultural Center, you have the Flint Institute of Music, Flint Institute of Arts, the Flint Public Library, where they just passed the new millage, so they're going to put several million dollars into that building to renovate it. The Sloan Museum, Longway Planetarium, the Whiting Auditorium and now the Flint Cultural Center Academy. And, and honestly, man, it's, it's one of the greatest things that I've seen happen in the city of Flint for students in the city of Flint, for families in the city of Flint. I mean, these, these kids, like, like uh, we were speaking earlier and I was telling you, they almost are going through curriculum similar to like the TV show Fame. They have dance, they have orchestra, they have band. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go to classes at Flint Institute of Arts. They go to classes at Longway Planetarium. Uh, so they're getting professional, uh, hands-on, enriching experiences every single day. And I happen to be the community school director there, so which means I'm able to bring everything um, in the after-school portion. So in my program, you know, we do, uh, right now we have a robotics competition going on. I have a robotics team. They're down at Kettering right now competing. And now this is kindergartners through second grade and my junior Lego team, then my third through fifth graders playing in the regular uh, uh, first Lego league team. And, and this is just an awesome and amazing experience to be able to bring these students, you know, some of those enriching experiences. You know, it, it doesn't surprise me that... Uh that, that you're one of the guys uh, that are in, in charge of that and doing that there because like when you talked about growing up in Flint how how you didn't subject yourself to all the, the nonsense and like some of the you know stuff that can happen in Flint um, you were uh, you know you had a, a good family upbringing you were raised right that's the way you presented yourself you still present yourself that way now so it doesn't surprise me that uh, that you're able to do the things that you're doing now giving back you know, absolutely. Now, 
how do you know my sister, Angela Minlin? How do you how do you two know each other? <laughs> well, like uh, we we've been in several trainings together. I mean, I, I've I've worked with her, talked with her, um, received uh, some great nuggets from her as far as you know dealing with students. But you know, it's it's been a, a great experience. You know, working with her, she does look better than you. Just so you know, um, you know, it is what it is, right? <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> but she's, no, a, she's a good-looking lady. She's a good-looking lady. <laughs> I, I don't do too bad. Uh, she's a good-looking lady. Yeah, you were six, six and a half, seven-ish. <laughs> well, we both look like our dad, though. So, we, I mean, so yeah. I, if she's a good-looking lady, I have to look like her. So actually, Mike, if I had no facial hair and let my hair grow out where it was nappy and curly, <laughs> I would look don't. just like my sister. Please, please don't. Did I just go there with please that? Don't. I didn't mean to go there. I didn't mean uh, to go we there. might have to cut that one out. Might have to edit that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ray, you mind if I ask Mike a question real quick? Go ahead. So you, you talked about um, the money that was going to be put into the Flint Public Library. Right. Now, I was with a group of people that um, kind of saw that, uh, that article and when it was announced, it was in the news. It was either in the paper or on Facebook or something like that. And the first question that everybody asked is, given the financial sit state of the city of Flint and the water situation... Mm -hmm. Why is so much money being put into, like, say, the library when it could be put into other things? Well, honestly, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if I'm, I'm qualified to speak on this point, but all I'm going to say is this. My whole thing with um, what's going on in Flint now and what could potentially go on in Flint in the future, as the community school director, everything that I do, you know, we always talk about does it make sense, does it make common sense, but... My new phrase is, does it make community sense? And right now, that makes absolute community sense for the city of Flint to upgrade that library, bring in all the new structures, the new uh, facilities and everything where people will want to be at the library, want to bring their families, want to bring their kids, and which will overall raise what I like to say the overall GPA of our city. Um, because the thing about it is, if we can get our parents elevated, we can get our students elevated, and then we'll eventually get to the point where we were back in the 50s and 60s. A lot of people don't know, Flint was, as far as um, financial situation was, Flint was probably the number one city in the world as far as people make, how much people are making per capita, and like I say, in the world. So eventually we do want to get back there and i think this is a great first step to start right in the heart of the city what five two miles from downtown right in the uh, the, the heart of the cultural center start with the library start with the, the the new school they're renovating a sloan museum right now so all, everything that they're doing right now in the city of flint makes community sense and i and i love it it's it's, it's everything is going to pay off just 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 wait you, a couple years down the road Flint is going to be that city that everybody's talking about, everybody's trying to move back to. Uh, the real estate market's going to go up. I mean, everything. It, it, Flint, is, Flint is at the cusp of the, the, the genesis, the rebirth, the renaissance era. Okay. Now, 
can I come up and speak at the academy sometime, talk to some yeah. of the kids up there? Ray, I, would, I, I would, would love to give them the Ray speech is what my friends I call it, the Ray speech. I would absolutely love for you, you know, the know. humorous, you know, <laughs> making them laugh and well, the shenanigans, all the dancing I do and all that crap. See, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky, I'm lucky the students that we're dealing with over at Flint Cultural Center Academy, uh, they're some great kids. They have great parents. I mean, and, and not saying that, you know, the other schools know, and everything know, don't, don't have that. But we, we, um, we're lucky where we, we were blessed to have a, a lot of students, a lot of parents, same kind of mindset, where they see where we can go with this kind of thing. So, I mean, you would be awesome. The kids up there would love you. I, I would love I, them, I'm, too. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. The, the kids okay. will love you. The parents will love you. And, and I would love for you to be able to have the opportunity to come up there and speak with both. Okay, we'll iron out the details on that. I would, I would love to come up there. Man. Absolutely. Uh, you're just you're doing a good job there. Now, we're going to talk about college first, and then we're going to talk about high school last. Sounds and there's good. a reason we're going to get into high school last because it's looking like it could go in a different direction, in a good way, in a good way. The high school I mean, thing. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll see. But no, you you played at the University of Illinois, Fight Illini, and yeah, you absolutely. played with a lot of good players. I remember absolutely. a lot of those good players back then. Mm-hmm. I want to know. What what may because because when you're in high school, a lot of schools wanted you. The Big mm-hmm. Ten, you know, SEC, whatever. Because you were one of the best players in the state. Mm-hmm. What made you decide Illinois? And what was your first impression of the campus when you arrived in Champaign? Well, let me just start like this: the the recruiting experience, college football, all that. It, it was it was surreal. You know, it, it was almost like I was in a kind of like a dream phase. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the coaches that we had did an awesome job as far as uh, getting my information out there. I mean, when I when I first came to Central, my first very first marking period, I got a 4.0. And immediately, I want to say about a week after that, I got my first letter from Stanford. And because, honestly, that's what coach, uh, co- colleges want to see. If, if you're a student athlete. Student athletes punching out a 4.0, yeah. and you can get out on the football field and yeah. do something. Yeah. That, you, that's you and Andre Weathers were like perfect a- examples of absolutely. student athletes. Yeah. I think I was a little smarter than Andre because, again, you know, he went to Michigan and I went to University of this Illinois. Why we need more time. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. But, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just letting, it, letting it be known make sure, and make sure Dre gets a copy of this. You know, but like I say, um, but, but going to University of Illinois, yeah. the uh, whole recruiting experience, I mean, I used to get like, Shoeboxes and letters a day. Uh, George Perlis came to my house. Coaches from from uh, uh, Indiana came. Uh, University of Illinois, and actually, uh, there was a, a mix-up in the schedule. So, University of Illinois coaches and Indiana coaches were at my house at the same time. Wow. So, I mean, you know, it was a little, little bit of turmoil or whatnot, but we we ironed it out, and then I was able to visit with both of them. Um, and the thing that really sold me on the University of Illinois. Um, as opposed to the other schools that were recruiting me. Um, and I was recruited by Hawaii, Miami, like I said, Stanford. I mean, you name it, I could pull out a letter. I, I seen the letters in Mr. Eupinger's classroom because I was a service student. And, and I, you don't have to explain to me the snacks of letters that you yeah. had. I know you had all those letters. I mean, they were literally, you had to put like five rubber bands on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I know you got to put a So you passed up. You passed up Hawaii for Illinois, huh? And 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 the issue was this. All right, I'm a Midwest guy. All right, I can't play in heat. <laughs> so my thing, thing was, I'm gonna need a little bit of cold, some some snow, mm-hmm. to but come on down and, and, and let me go ahead and finish this game so, out. 
So I lived. I used to live in Hawaii. I served. And I was stationed in Hawaii. I don't know how you did it. it. It's not hot. It's not hot. The ocean keeps it like it. It, it might be 90 degrees, mm-hmm. but it feels like it's 86. Now, if I would have heard that about 20 some years ago, uh, it might have changed my decision. But I'm happy with the choice that I made as far as University Hawaii. of Illinois. Hawaii is a, a place that you, you go on vacation. Or, yeah. or if you're a single man, yeah. if you're a single man, you take your buddies out there and that's, you go to Hawaii and have that's fun That's where you go on vacation from football. Vacation. I, would, I wouldn't play football for <laughs> University of Hawaii when Wait, I so got you, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State around here. Playing football and then being on vacation at the same time. But see, now, now, now you, now you kind of, you know, figuring out what's the reason why you're here. Now, Absolutely. Now, if it was just if my scholarship depended on how many times I could uh, go out and yeah. sunbathe and see the pretty girls on the on the shores and and surf and all that, oh, I would have went to Hawaii hands down. <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately, I don't think that I would have got received my uh, degree in uh in in uh be, what tide watching and uh, surfing and different things like that. So I had to pick something a little more practical. I took my visits. I visited Michigan. I visited Michigan State. Um, I visited Northwestern, Indiana, Purdue. Um, but when I got to the University of Illinois, it was, it was just something different about the environment down there. The the guys down there took me right in. It was almost like I had already committed, even though I hadn't. Yeah. Um, but it, it was just a, a great kind of atmosphere. And I, I love Coach Tepper at the time. That was our head coach. Uh, Denny Marson, God rest his soul, was my defensive line coach. Um, a lot of people, um, I, I wish they could have experienced Denny Marson. Now, let me tell you a quick story about him. He was also Michael Strahan's coach when he went to the NFL. Oh, okay. So, so you know, I, I had the opportunity to be coached by the same guy that coached Strahan when he was in the league and different sure. things. So, you know, it, it was just an awesome experience, and I was just blessed to be able to take part of it. Okay. That, that's, that's awesome, man. Now, when I think about your days at Illinois, mm-hmm. there's a particular game that comes to mind, and I, ha- I have to acknowledge it, okay? Look, I'm a man that tells it like it is. I'm not happy about the game, but it was a great game, and it was a good Michigan team you guys beat. It was in oh, yeah. 1995. Absolutely. When when uh, your offensive line opened up those avenues for Ty Dothard. Mm-hmm. Every, I mean, Ty Dothard. Well, I mean, I can't, I mean, I can't say nothing bad about him. It's just... Uh, Whatever game plan you guys implemented, this was a good. This was a good team. It beat. was. This it is was. the same. Listen, this is the same Michigan team where Tim Diakabatuka ran up 313 yards yeah. on Ohio Tyrone State. Tyrone Wheatley, everybody. You know, yeah. Woodson. Woodson was a freshman that year. He was a first team All Big I think, Ten. Uh, Ricky Powers was on that team. Ricky Powers yeah. and uh, I think him and John Vaughn were our two running Absolutely. backs. Absolutely. Uh, then you had Runyon at tackle. Yep, Runyon. Yep. Uh, 95. Let me see. 95 was Scott Dreisbach. That was our. We had, we were good. Yeah. Absolutely. That was Lloyd Carr's first year at Michigan. Lloyd Carr came to Flint Northwestern to watch us play Central versus Flint Northwestern. I remember seeing him on the sidelines. He, he was there. <laughs> well, um, we were favored to win that game. Yeah. And uh, Johnny Johnson this. Ty Dothan, that's all I heard when I was watching the game. Mm-hmm. Describe that feeling of going to the big house. And, and back at that time, the mighty Michigan Wolverines. Describe how that felt being able to leave that stadium a winner. Well, actually, at that time, I was a freshman. Yep. So I, I didn't travel to that game. But I, I, I was in East St. Louis with my guy, David James. Okay. Now, if you remember, now I'm going to go back in your TV history real quick. Okay. If you remember um, you know, East Side High, 
from Lean On Me, the movie. <laughs> yeah. Lean On Me, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, now, that's East Saint right there with, with okay. Joe Clark. Fairy Side. Okay, that, that's, yeah. that's, that's East Saint. So I was, I was there in East Saint. Anderson, New Jersey. And, yep. and we were sitting there watching uh, the, the game. And, I mean, when Johnny Johnson hit Jimmy Klein in the corner of the end zone for that, that touchdown. But the thing about it is what a lot of people don't realize, what it was, it was the strip from Simeon Rice on Ricky Powers. But hey, you got to watch the film because it was the clock was ticking and then Ricky Powers started getting full of himself. And then you could see him on film taunting us, like the clock about to run out. He was tapping his wrist. And then Simeon must have seen that. And so he went, stripped the ball, we recovered the fumble, and the rest is history. Yeah, and the rest is history. Ty Dolphin had a hell of a game. And so did the offensive line. Man. Now, Ty Dothard, I used to live in the football house with Ty Dothard. And he was a man amongst boys. Prototype, okay. running back. I mean, physique, everything. Mm -hmm. Speed, he was strong as I don't know what. Fast, did what he needed to do. And like I say, I used to live in the football house with him. Um, just, just a little brief Illinois history about the football houses. After Ty Dothard left and after we left, because I was a year after him, they tore down the football houses because it, it, they, they could barely stand. That's, that's how we did it on campus. They had to tear down the houses we lived in. Damn. Now, <laughs> now you're still in contact with Ty Dothard. Still in like, contact. How's his health? Is his health good? I mean, he's doing good. Ty is doing awesome. He's doing amazing. He, we, um, we have a, a, a group here on the Marco Polo. We call it the Honorable Illini. Okay. And that's with all the Illinois football players from – Back in, I mean, from, I want to say the 70s. We got all kind of people in there. So, you know, Ty Dothard, um, he's in there. Juice Williams. You you named the the uh, former Illini. They're all on there. But but Ty, we always uh, do, like, the, the vinegar challenges, you know, where we're all trying to make sure we maintain a healthy body or whatnot. So we'll do the vinegar challenges, the weightlifting challenges, the different crunches and different things like that. So, yeah, he, he's still a leader. You know, he, okay. he's still, still the alpha, you know, and we still respect him as such. Well, okay, the next time you talk to him, just tell him that, you know, the podcaster said that you played a hell of a game in 95. He always remembers that. Um, yeah, like, I mean, like, it's, it's, more of a, it's more of a respect thing. Yeah. I didn't like what he was doing because Absolutely. I'm a Michigan guy. Yeah. But that game always sticks chunks. out of my mind. When I, when I see you, I always think of Ty Dothan. Yeah. And I think of 1995. It's just, uh, yeah. just tell him that I said that. Uh, just give him my blessing and then Ty, tell Ty him that took, that was a hell of a game. He took me in from, from day yeah. one. He, he was like a big brother from, from day one. So that, that has always been my guy. Cincinnati. From Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Is he from Illinois? Like, is he from, from the state of Illinois? Nope. He, he, he's from Cincinnati. Played at LaSalle High School. Okay. Before... Before we get into the uh, the last topic here, mm -hmm. I'm going to say this for all the, the Illinois guys that are listening. I am going to have a future podcast about the Detroit Bad Boys and, and the Chicago Bulls <laughs> and Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan, the GOAT. If anybody from his Illinois team that is from Chicago or anywhere in that suburban area There's plenty of that would like to come up to Flint. Juice, where are you at? Juice, if you want to come here, sit in the chair. I will buy you dinner. Um, wherever we're located at, you will not have to spend a dime. I will take care of you. But we're going to talk bad boys, Michael Jordan, and Scottie Pippen. We're going to let it all out right here. So that is an open challenge to anybody that's listening. Man, just now, so, just so you know, all my Chicago people, yes. us, us here in Michigan and Detroit bad boys fans, we yes. know that we created that dynasty for Chicago. 
We yes. know the bad boys made the bulls. Holla back. Yeah. Make sure you do your homework. Make sure you know what you're talking about because I won't need this that day. I'm Absolutely not. Gonna need not. This. I'm going nope. on pure knowledge, and I'm going to let it be known on what I think. James Buddha Edwards. Come Edwards. On I mean, <laughs> I'm really going to be talking about Scottie Pippen really, really hard. So yeah. it can be a respectable argument, and then, you know, we can argue however, but that's a different topic. <laughs> okay, I am done with this notebook for the day. We're going to talk Absolutely. about something else. Let's, let's go ahead and go off script. <laughs> All right, Mike. One of my heroes at Central High School, Flint Central High School. You were class of 1993. Absolutely. There, there, are, there are people that will say that you were the best player that they've seen at Central. There, there are people that fit. Randy Scott. My guy. You put down earlier, say, he'll say that too. My guy. Now, let me say this, man. When I, when I got to Central uh, my freshman year, that would have been your 11th grade year. Right. 1991. I, I remember that whole team. And that is like, if you take high school, college, and pro sports, if you take any team that is known in the world of any level, that 1991 Flint Central football team is one of my favorite teams ever. I Mine hold that too. team near and dear to me. Mine too. Now, let me say this. They had guys like, like you on their at Victory was on that team. Come on. Aaron Brown. Aaron Brown. Um, you know, Terry, Terry Moore. Terry Moore. D Red. Uh, Can we talk about Terry Sean Moore Payne. too when we get a chance? Because Terry Moore, ridiculous. Yeah, I mean that whole team was ridiculous. Yeah, ben absolutely. Bigelow. D -Red, I don't know if we mentioned ben him. Bigelow. Bill Griffiths was on that team. Keto Hurd. Keto Hurd. Yeah. Uh, Luckett. Luckett played with you guys. Absolutely. Weathers was a young. Sophomore yeah, on that he team was a was young a really good player. Out there handling it on defense. Yep. And I remember when I used to watch those games on Friday because I played on JVs that year. And I, you know, I was 14 years old. You know, wet behind the ears. The first year I played organized football, had I didn't know nothing about football. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, obviously we used to practice on the baseball field and center field there. And then y'all would come over the at the end of the game. Yeah, in the practice. And, and we had scrimmage. And watching you, like, <laughs> like you guys was like, that was like more of a business type thing. The varsity was like a business thing. It was almost yeah. like that was your job or something. Yeah. And then we're over here having fun playing these Death Valley games and bull in the rain. And the reindeers. Reindeer, angle <laughs> tackling and all that crap. Bull, yeah, bull but, man, I remember rain. watching you guys on Fridays, man. And I, I remember thinking to myself, I'm never going to play varsity football. If this is the state, if, if that's just how good you have to be, I'm never going to play varsity. Now, not really knowing that I'm going to grow into my body, mm -hmm. the coaches that I'm going to yeah, have are going to develop into a beast me. Too. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I had great coaches. We had the same coaches. Yeah, absolutely. They developed me into a, uh, I wasn't what you were, but I was a good football player. Absolutely. I, 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 I remember you. <laughs> now, um, Arthur Hill, with your, the, the 91 year I'm talking about, that was your guys' like, I mean, Northern is our rival, but but from a state state of Michigan uh, standpoint that year, mm -hmm. Central and Arthur Hill was like a, a big deal. Very big. In 91, now they won the state title that year. Sure did. But you guys stole came it. very, very close. I'm going to let you talk <laughs> about Central and Arthur Hill in that year. You go ahead and talk. You speak on that. Well, man, look, that year you had, you had Arthur Hill, you had Marvin Wright at quarterback, yep. Yep. who was an absolute dynamo at quarterback. Oh, yeah. Now, understand – uh, that that first game we played, I think he played with a hairline fracture. Okay. All right. So you know that's the caliber of people we were up against. But yet and still, everybody expected us to beat them hands down. Um, we went 
the whole game, beat, beat them down, end up getting to the last. A minute and 44, we were up 24-7. I mean, 21-7. Mm-hmm. And somehow they came back and beat us that first time. Um, and we're talking about the regular season game, right? This was the yeah. regular season. Okay. And, and then finally we had a chance at redemption because we drew them in the playoffs. Yeah. And again, we were up by about four points or whatnot. Yeah. And then we uh, had a costly fumble. Mm. And they recovered, went back, scored, game over. And the funny thing about it is, you know, uh, like you say, we, we had the same coaches. Coach Ufinger shared with me that Traverse City coaches, who uh, they were supposed to be playing the next week, they had already started preparing for us. Oh. They they started because they had already won their game. They started practice for us because, like like you say, on paper, wasn't nobody going to beat that team. No. We ended up beating ourselves, but that was probably probably the absolute best football team I've ever played against because, like you say, we had everybody from top to bottom where we needed them, great guys at every position, and, and it was just it just worked. I think you had like you had like ten or twelve guys that were like first team all city. Yeah, and you had like a lot of guys that were like all. I mean, that was uh, that's as loaded as you can get. Yeah, now, absolutely. You know, obviously in the 80s, there was good teams. You know, the 84 team, yeah. they won a game in the playoffs. They were great. Um, but but you guys, uh, in my opinion, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't care what anybody thinks. <laughs> in my opinion, that's the best team that, that I ever watched that I didn't play on. Mm-hmm. It was a 91 central team. That could have that very easily won a, a state championship. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to if, I had a, if I had a, like, I used to... Uh, my uncles used to take me to Atwood Stadium for years. I watched all the Central games and all the great players. The, the 91 team is the only team that I would have been afraid of uh, <laughs> from my 93 team. Mm-hmm. You know, the team that Randy Scott played on. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. Yes, sir. Um, that would have been a team that would have worried me because uh, <laughs> I think uh, much like the 84 team, you guys had, you know, a lot of individual players. Guys I just mentioned, Terry Moore, Victor Yu. I mean, yeah. the list goes on and on and on. But, but we came together as a team. I mean, we had Dre Weathers, who was, you know, yeah. uh, a man among the D'Angelo boys. Mitchell. And D'Angelo Mitchell. But we had everybody else that came came together. And uh, mm-hmm. I would have loved to have played you guys. Now, what do you, what do you, how would you have fared against us? Well, all, all I'm going to say is oh, this. this Turn these <coughs> volumes up. You've got, got the volume now, up. Now, at the end of every practice, like you already know, you guys would come over. We would scrimmage the JV or, or whatnot. Oh. And... Well, hold on. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying. I don't want to. No, not I'm when you were beating saying. us. No, 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 no. Not that. <laughs> if, 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 okay, so I see. If, if our ages were similar, yes, and you can yes. merge the 91 versus the 93. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you this. And as much as I love my boy Randy Scott. Oh, boy. If I was playing nose, <laughs> you all's offense would not have even got started. It, it, it was no way. Because love, love my boy Randy, but. I was gonna be right there in booth face every single time. Yeah, but Randy would have had help and a great deal of help. It don't, it, it it don't matter. Been just him on you. Now, now I gotta share share with you this story, okay? And, you know, in high school, you know, okay, yeah, I had a, a pretty good career. So coaches, as they watching film, they, you know, you gotta you gotta try and figure out how you can stop me. When we played Northwestern, hmm? now this is from I'm getting this from Northwestern's players. They had a play, I think they called it Superstar. I don't know what it was or whatnot. But if you watch the film, the very first play of the game, all five linemen blocked me. 
They, nobody else blocked anybody else on that line. So understand, I was used to being double team and triple team from my junior year on. I've never received a single team, a one-on-one block after my sophomore year. So I was beating double teams. I was beating triple teams. So if, if, like I say, if you thought that one individual was going to stop me from getting to that ball, please do it all game so that I can go ahead and, and, and pad my stats because I, I was going to get back there regardless. <laughs> I can't argue that because I know what you were. I, I can't argue that. Um, and Mark, Mark Eccles, him and Randy, if Mark was at guard and he tried to step down, I was going to split that double team. If you put Stan Brown over there on the other side, I, I squeeze up in there. Clemens, if you want to put him in there, I squeeze up in there too. Well, the thing about Mark Eckle, though, the thing about him is love me some Mark. He might not have had he might not have had the don't forget about Jeff Nagy. Yeah, but but Mark had a good muscle between his ears. Mark is smart enough. Absolutely, this is a guy who was making Sam Sword look like a fool in the playoffs in '93. Absolutely, Um, Sam Sword went to Michigan. Mike, uh, Mark would have. I don't know what he. It's kind of okay. You win that matchup, okay? We'll get it to you. Hands, I, mean, I can't. I ain't gonna go around that. Man. And like I said, I'm gonna take. I'll take all three. You give me Randy at center, <laughs> Mark at guard, um, Clements at the other guard. I, it don't matter. I'm gonna beat that triple team every single time. Who's gonna handle Tory Robinson? Tory Robinson, Joe Ray Vaughn, Aaron Brown, Ben Bigelow, me. Joe Ray Vaughn would have handled Tory Joe Robinson. Ray Vaughn. Absolutely. Absolutely, but the thing about it is, Joe Ray played tackle, so you know Tory I know, I know. was going to be at end. Now, if we brought him inside, Joe Ray is still handling. But you know, we still had, we. I think you might have forgot about this one. Our X Factor, we had Big Daddy Jermaine Jackson too. You know, he he was a center. He was a big guy. So even if you did get around him, you got to take a couple extra steps because he was a big guy. Yeah, but Aaron was your center that year, though, right? Aaron, between Brown. Aaron and Bigelow, yeah. Brown. But Brown, he played guard next to me if I played tackle. Brown would have been a tough guy also to deal with because, um, I mean, you finger already made it clear that's the meanest offensive lineman that he's ever coached. Man, I'm telling you, I and, learned uh, so much from Aaron Brown, man. Yeah, I love was, that dude to this day. That's he was, my he guy. Was, he was, yeah, I, I can't complain. Now, now, we had Clayton Warnett, who was no slouch either. Clayton, he he. He, he always marched to the beat of a different drummer. Clayton used to wear, uh, when we would have a road game, uh-huh. he would get on the bus with his hel- with full gear on, yeah. helmet. Yeah. We would ride to Midland, and he has his helmet on. Yeah. The whole ride there, uh, man. with it unstrapped. That was a, he was a, uh, he was a, now this is one of the highest compliments that I could give to a okay. football player, okay? okay. Just, just so you know. Okay. He was a throwback football player. He could have played with leather helmets. That's that's what I think I about. Agree, I agree with that. I agree with that. Okay, what a uh, Tyrus Fowler. Tyrus Fowler. That's, that's my little brother. Who? He he was a monster too. Out there, defensive end, tall, strong, fast. Now, which one of your corners on ninety one's uh, is is on D Mitch? Oh, I'm sorry, two. Give me two or three guys because you're not gonna put one guy on D Mitch. But the thing about it is, if even if we did put one on one with D Mitch, you're not gonna have time to pass the ball. It is, it, the ball is not coming out unless you just do a quick slants all day, but we'll drop backers in the coverage and cover all that jump. You're not going to have more than 2.5 seconds because I'm right there at your quarterback trying to see what he had for lunch. Well, I mean, Nate Braswell was a good guard. I mean, 
way. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, if, if we film practices, <laughs> I, I know, I know. Well, you know, that's all I'm gonna say about that. I love me some Nate too, and even uh, <laughs> Beasley, Big Mike. Oh yeah, Big Mike Beasley. Yeah. Love Mike Beasley. Yeah. Now we didn't have Stan Brown for that whole year because he unfortunately he broke, Stan, he broke his leg. Uh, that's my mini me. He broke his leg in August and. Uh, uh, I'm, I don't make excuses, you know, uh, injuries and all that. You know, mm -hmm. we didn't win the state title, but it, it certainly would have been nice to have had him all year. Oh, yeah. And for Clayton to not tear his ACL like he did in that Midland game. Unfortunate. Yep. And that's um, why I was sharing. I, I tore both of my ACLs. My Well, the first year I got to Illinois, I, I don't know if you remember, but my senior year um, at Central, I injured my shoulder. And I had to sit out like the first three games. That was that year Southwestern beat us. I do remember that, yeah. I wasn't going to bring that up. I do remember yeah, Southwestern. I mean, it's, it's still yeah. a, a soft spark. You know, I can you know lose a Southwestern, man. Um, can we Back cut there. that part out? And let's, that okay. didn't happen. Um, okay. Let's just move on. <laughs> um, so I injured my shoulder. They lost during, Southwestern Academy. Oh, go ahead. Like I said, I injured the my team shoulder. team that would beat us. <clears throat> uh, never mind. Is this thing we'll edit that out. I injured my shoulder like the first, I want to say first quarter. And, I and think honestly, I remember that. That was at Houston Stadium, wasn't it? It when was. But, the ice on your shoulder? But um, that game, that. I forgot about that. I, I was injured. Didn't Alvin Jones, Alvin get Jones got in? Like, he got carried on ambulance. Yep. I, I remember that. Jermaine, Big Daddy, got the tip of his pinky chopped off. So we were down three starters first quarter already. And so, and, and honestly, you know, I talked to Jake Kendall often, you know, yeah. running back from Southwest. Oh, I know. And what he loves to say. Wasn't he is, a four-year starter? I, I think so. Yeah. He loves to say that I never tackled him in the Saginaw Valley Conference. In no game, he says I never tackled him. I haven't looked at the footage yet, but I think I might have got him at least once or twice. But I know I didn't get him that game because I was out the first quarter and it was a wrap. Well, I don't, I don't know if you guys put a glove on him, but when he was a senior, mm -hmm. the 93 season, we was putting hats on him uh, and all that. And I appreciate that. I, and see, but, that's what y'all supposed to do. Y'all supposed to go ahead and take care of But what of I remember us. about that game when we played Southwestern, I remember the, at Houston Stadium, the, it was muddy. The grass was real thick. It looked like the grass hadn't been cut in like two months. It was yeah, muddy. That's Houston Stadium. That's, that's um, it. That's what you do. It ain't, it ain't gonna be pretty. If you want to win at Houston Stadium, you gotta you gotta bring your A game, your long cleats. You gotta bring everything. You're not gonna get an easy win out of there. Yeah, but you know, once again, Mike, though, getting back to that '91 team, uh, <laughs> that that is really is one of my uh, favorite teams, man. And mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I, the coaching uh, staff from the coaching staff down, Ufinger, Peroski, Mr. P, Pollock, Ewing, and uh, Jack Ewing, Ulta Hill, and all even Mr. Maisie, Glenn Mr. Maisie. Oh my goodness gracious! Me and Steve Lovells was talking about uh, uh, on Fridays because <laughs> it was like that back in the 80s when he played. Mm -hmm. And I know you're going to remember this, too. Yep. Getting your ankle taped like by Mr. Maisie. Right before the NFL game. Yep. That used to get us hyped for the game. <laughs> <laughs> it was the same film, but still, I love man, it every time every I see it, man. Time. I would just, I we would it. Just, sometimes we would just stay in there. After we get our ankles taped, we got to sit there and watch the old smacks from the NFL footage. I yeah, love absolutely. Mr. Maisie. Man, I used to love Mr. Maisie. Love, I, yeah, I loved love his health. He had that health class down in the field house. Absolutely. He was just a... Yeah, I mean, Fred Ireland was like the best athletic oh, director, on, man. man, and uh, it, it, it was no comparison. I mean, what a what a time to. I mean, we were blessed. I mean, even Mr. Bobier, you know, we we had all kind of support from all all the administrators. They, I mean, they knew us. We was on a first name basis. They they cared. They were at all the games. They were at practices. I mean, it, it was just an awesome time to grow up and compete in Flint. 
I gotta say something about Mr. Bobian. Now I grew up now where he lived, like where he raised his sons. Mm -hmm. I lived a block over, so I, I grew oh, okay. up with the Bobians. And my best friend lived right next door to Mr. Bobian. Mm -hmm. Now I have to tell you something about Mr. Bobian you might not know. <laughs> I'm ready. Now look, in school, cool, coolest guy ever. Like, hey man, what's up, man? Like, hey man, what's going on, right, yeah. man? Cool, coolest guy ever. You can't be around a better guy exactly. in high school than yeah. Mr. Bobian. I'm gonna tell you how he was at the house when he was at home. He was what? Listen, he didn't do none of that jiving at home. You talk about somebody that demanded respect. I mean, like if you were, if you were next door and your music was was too loud, yeah. he'll knock on your door and tell you to turn that shit down. Yeah, I can see that. People gotta work in the morning. Turn that <laughs> fucking shit down. He's no, he was that guy. Or if you like, you know how the, the term now, "get off my lawn." Yeah, he is the epitome. Of get off my lawn because he used to literally tell you, "Don't be driving on my lawn." He said, <laughs> man, "What are you that's crazy?" Hilarious. Oh man, all the time. See. So every like in the neighborhood, every time we see him, "How you doing, Mr. Bobby?" And we go up and shake his hand. Yeah. And uh, but no, at Central though. I mean, he he was man. total people yeah, person. good person. Girls now, liked every, him. Guys liked him. I mean, he he was just great. Now everything that I just said about him, the way he was at home, I mean that in the most respectful way. Mm -hmm. That's just the way he was. But like people at school. That never seen him like at home. That's how he was at home. He was kind of like it. Um, I love it. Kind of like uh, like when Mister Ufinger, like like when he was in a bad mood. You know how he was. Yeah. That was like Mister Bobian all the time at home. Now see, Ufinger oh, wrestled and beat a bear. So beat I mean, a bear. Yeah. 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 So if he was anything like Mister Ufinger, he would. Okay. Okay, I can see that. And the thing about Mister Ufinger is when we played for him, you know, he wasn't really that old yet. Yeah. I mean, he was in his late 40s, but he wasn't like, no. I mean, he was still mm -mm. big and strong, and uh, he would get on that line and show you yeah. something if you were at Many, many a times he, he got down across from me and showed me yeah. the correct way to do it and why you do it this way. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Now, Randy Scott and I, your buddy Randy, that yeah. you mentioned earlier. My dog. We went to, um, when Mr. Ufinger got inducted into the, it was called the Michigan High School Football Coaches Hall of Fame. It was at the Four Way Hotel in Ann Arbor. The Michigan coaching staff was there. This is when they hired Brady Hoke. Mm -hmm. Coaching staff was there. Mr. Ufinger was being honored. He said a lot of nice things about uh, Randy Scott. How, how uh, he said his freshman year, he said he probably literally didn't play a single snap on the JVs. Mm -hmm. He said 10th grade year was pretty much the same thing. He said and then we moved him up to varsity in 11th grade. Really didn't get much of a shot there. And then, and then he said... You got a guy who was, you know, scratching and clawing his way, you know. He was in the weight room trying to get better. And then he ended up starting on an undefeated football team. He said, those are the kinds of guys that I love to coach, are guys like Randy Scott. He Absolutely. said some nice things about Randy Scott. Absolutely. And what was good, when we were there, what was cool about that, when Mr. Ufinger was making his speech, that, that voice, you know, that man's voice that he's got, yeah. it, it just it sounded like a, you know, like on a Friday before we get on the bus and go to the game, mm -hmm. you know how we kind of meet by that chalkboard there, <laughs> right. by where the coach is locked when we sit down <laughs> the hall and he's talking. That's what it, yeah. you felt like you were at something like that. Right. It was, uh, what a guy he was. I'm, I'm going to have him on the show. And uh, yeah. we're, we're, we're going to talk, I, I'm definitely going to talk about the bear because I want to know what animal <laughs> strength feels like. Hey. How do you paint a bear, man? Hey. This, uh, Mike, this bear, here's what you might not have known about that bear. That bear traveled the country for four years, mm -hmm. and only two guys were able to pin it. There was a guy from St. Anne, Missouri, 
and Mr. Ufinger. So I mean, definitely... Ufinger was down there a bear himself. He was probably the most hairy coach I ever. ever <laughs> George seen. Animal Steel. Yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs> I'm on wrestling now. Uh-oh, here we oh, go. Right, right. Hey. We just, we just went off the rails now. No, Let's he's do a it. no, no, no. Let's he's a wrestling it. fan. He, he knows the big show. What? Or yeah, you I took, him. Well, yeah, I took a picture or with him in Detroit. Him. Yep. That's, yeah. Now, you look at this picture of him in the big show. Yeah. Micah is a large man. I thought I was. Man's man. Mm. He looks like Webster next yeah. to the big show. Yeah. yeah. Where, yeah. Did you, where did you meet the big show at? Um, I was actually uh, uh, at Detroit Metro Airport on my way to a, a conference in Palm Springs and happened to see him, and it was like all, all the kitty stuff came out of me, and it was like, yeah. big show. That's the way yeah. I would have been. Oh, too. man, yeah. I, had, I, had to go get, I had to go get the picture. Oh, that, well, that's, that's <laughs> a good story. I mean, I, I even looked at his hands, and I have some it's pretty large so big, hands. Huh? Yeah. I mean, his, his hands, his fingers we're like two of my fingers together. Oh, I mean, he's he just a massive individual. I mean, but he, but still great guy. He was real gracious, allowed us to take the pictures, you know what I'm saying, and, and you know, didn't didn't have any, any you know, uh, he wasn't one of those, uh, you know, uh, no, back away, I don't want to take no pictures and this, that, and the other. No, just great guy. I mean, class act. Were you a wrestling fan when you were growing up? Absolutely. WWF? Ever since I was about 11 or 12 years old. I mean, from Summer Slams, I mean, <laughs> I, I remember going to the IMA when yeah. they showed them on the big yes, screen. Sir. I right. think it was a uh, whole circuit. Yeah, yep, absolutely. When uh, King Kong Bundy WrestleMania was, two. Yep, yep. WrestleMania two. <laughs> who, Hulk who, Hogan. Who, he's talking about Hulk Hogan versus, versus King, King Kong, Kong Bundy in the Steel Cage, and he yeah. slammed him. Oh yeah. my goodness yeah. gracious! Yeah, that so, was the, that was the the Mr. T. Roddy yep. Piper boxing yep. match. Yep. Big okay. John Studd, Jack yeah. Dog, William oh, the Refrigerator goodness. Perry, uh, yeah. William Perry. Big Battle yeah. Royal. That, that's the one mm-hmm. that he's talking about. So, so who were your favorite wrestlers growing up? Oh my goodness! You, you got another hour. You're gonna have to <laughs> lengthen the tape. I, I love them all. I mean, I was definitely a Four Horsemen fan. I mean, because you know, we I, I go from NWA to WWE. I watch both. Exactly. I watched both, yeah. I mean, I was the same way. I watched both. Um, I was a Nikita Khrushchev, Magnum Nikita T.A. Nikita Kowal, the co yeah. Oh, I used to love when him and Magnum T.A. used to have their challenges. Are you Magnum kidding T.A., me? yeah. Come on, man. The, the Von Erichs, Kerry Von Erich. Come on, man. I mean, wrestling, I mean, that's that's what kind of put Those me guys were like le- state le- of legitimately mind. tough guys. They were legitimately I mean, tough guys. Jimmy Superfly, Snooker. Come on, Macho Man. You even know, even a, Jake the Snake. You know, I did a pro wrestling <laughs> podcast about three or four weeks ago. Get out of here. A guy named Vince Strange, yeah. Yeah. We talked about <laughs> pro wrestling for an hour. Oh, my goodness, man. man we, we could talk on pro wrestling all day. Love me some pro wrestling. Well, I'll tell you what. The next time that I have you on, we'll, we'll do a wrestling. Uh, and, a wrestling. and I even got back into it now that a couple weeks ago they, they brought The Rock back to SmackDown. Oh, and, oh my goodness. That's his. Pe- people yeah, are smelling my, what The Rock is cooking my, all over the land. My favorites were uh, Bret Hart. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Rock. Hart Foundation. Jimmy Hart? Oh, come on now. The Rock and Stone Cold. I love that. Oh. I love that rivalry between the two of them. Yeah, yeah. And I was always, I was always one, I was always a fan of the Road Warriors. Oh, are you kidding me? I used to love the Hawk Road Warriors. Animal? Were, I liked them when they were bad guys. Like When they, man, when when, we were listen, little. when they come out, first of all, they had the absolute best intro music. You just <laughs> hear that guitar come in. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> then you see them spikes on the shoulder pads. Oh, you already that's, knew it was going you know, that's, down. That's a sign of a, a iconic wrestler when you can hear that music. Oh yeah, and know who's coming out, yeah. or, or just you you think about a wrestler and you can hear that theme music in your head. You Absolutely. Know? For me, it was like Stone Cold, that glass shattering. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you hear the glass shattering, people going nuts. 
And then there was then there was Hulk Hogan's Real American music. Yeah. Or even if you go before that's that, the thing. The Hulk Hogan iconic. was the was the, the icon, but yeah. yet and still you still had love for everybody. I mean, my, everybody. My favorite wrestler back then in the young years was was Rowdy Roddy Piper when he was a bad guy. I give you that. Cowboy Bob Orton and the Piper's oh, Pit with the cast. It always when he went took down that coconut, that when he took that coconut and busted Superfly super Snook on his man, head. It always went down in Piper's pit. That was it a started real, off. That was a real coconut he busted his head with. I mean, you might want to think about you know bringing some of that to the podcast. You, I'm, never I'm know. you might have to bust somebody in the head with a coconut or something. Go ahead. And, you know. Ray might have to bust out his uh, old hardcore wrestling you know moves again. <laughs> hey, it, I, I tell you, I, and I, I will pay good money to see this. If you come out in one of those wrestling onesies, <laughs> like the oh, big show, like, like, like the big show, <laughs> one of them wrestling onesies, and, and, and have that, you know, cutting all everything up, man, I, I tell you, I, I, I pay good money. And I, I know it's a lot of for, former, actually, they probably wouldn't pay good money to see that. I don't know. I mean, maybe a few years ago, but you know what I'm saying. If you put on one of those wrestling leotards to come out here, man, I mean, that's how you should do that. That pro wrestler, that next one that you're going to do, <laughs> do it in the dog. You want me to have the, the one-strap leotards yep. on. Yep, and I want you to run to the stage, bounce off the rope, and then go back. Then come. That's how you need to start. That's how you need to kick it off. You know what I would have told the big show after I shook his hand and what I would say, hey, man, thanks, man. Thanks for taking the time out. I took a picture. You know how you know how I would have ended that. How was that? I'd have told him Andre the Giant would have beat your ass. Oh, I mean Andre. <laughs> That's what I would have said to the Big Show. Yeah. I'm one of his hardest critics. I'd have said to him. I'd have said Big Show. Let me ask you a few questions. <laughs> how is somebody so big? Why are you always crying? <laughs> on SmackDown, you're always like, you're always crying about something. Only thing like, I'm gonna say about that, I, I just hope you would say that for a distance because his reach, his reach, he can catch you from across the room, man. Just so I've you know. seen him perfect plexed. I've seen him power bound. Yeah. I've seen him razor's edged. How yeah. does somebody 550 pounds get thrown around I mean, like that? I, like he's Ray Mysterio that, Jr. That's the thing. You gotta sell the dream. You know what I'm saying? You gotta sell the dream. You know, it, it's, well, I wouldn't it's have all... been this close when I told him. First of all, I would not have been this close. Yeah, I mean, I'd have been you, like Ray is. No, nah, if, if I was you, I'd have sent it to him in a text message. Or you know, an email or, or text email, message. You know what I'm saying? Call him. Biggest sissy I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Make sure he a couple states away. You're gonna need some, some, uh, some uh, head yeah. start. You let Floyd Mayweather Jr. knock you out in a charity fight. Yeah, yeah, that happened. That happened. Big, big <laughs> dummy man. I mean, God. I, what was the size difference between those two? Oh my goodness! At least the tail of the, the, a, tail, a of the, tape, pound the tail of the tape. He was. Uh, he was five. The big show was, I think, four. Or yeah, about like five twenty-five. <laughs> Seven foot two, five twenty-five. <laughs> fighting. A, Fighting a guy her size, that little girl right there. That's how <laughs> big Floyd Mayweather about Jr. Five, no, 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 I'm five, talking, nine, about, I'm talking about Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant in the Big Show. Oh, Andre, Andre was they're, seven they're five, five hundred and thirty pounds. Yeah. So they were close in size. Yeah. Big Show's a he's a little smaller now. Yeah, and a little shorter. Yep. Yeah. But but Andre the Giant though, like I'm talking like more so like in the '70s and maybe like early '80s when he still kind of had like What's the long up, hair before Big John Stud <laughs> cut his hair off when Bundy was holding him. Remember they cut his hair off and. uh What's going on, bro? Good to see you. <laughs> all all oh, day. Yeah. All He's day. talking. Mike's talking all kinds of shit over here. Yeah, you know that boy. <laughs> oh, I'm talking all uh, kinds we, of shit. But I, one thing I will not do is talk about anything that happened at the rain check back in the day. That that's gonna stay off camera. Just... <laughs> <laughs> what happened at the rain check? Now that you brought it up, I don't. I don't know. 
There's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Call, call Weathers. Call Boo. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, God. It, you racking up with all them guys? Listen, it, it wasn't nothing else that they could do but close the rain check. I'm going to just put it like that. I don't, I don't, I think, I don't, yeah, you were here. I think you were at this outing. Uh, it was a couple years ago. The funniest thing I've ever seen, and I captured on video, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure you were at this. We were at um, Whiskey Hill a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Where I was yeah. saying karaoke and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And Tyvon was talking, I had, I videoed it. He was talking about if he would have played quarterback, he said he should have been the quarterback yeah. at Central. Yeah. Now, here's what's funny about that. It's not really what he was saying what was funny. The funny thing about him getting into his story is that he was acting like the way that he acts, you know, talking loud. Yeah. Looks like he's getting ready to do something. Yeah, like like he's about ready to fight, yeah. You look in the background, there's this old white guy singing country music to his wife. And then you got Tyvon right here acting like the way that he has the funniest shit ever. And that was right before he started singing karaoke, him no. and Dre Weathers, on the stage. Right. Yeah. But I'm just saying, though, it's yeah. funny because he's like, looks like he's getting ready to kill 13 people. But, but we know we know that how he is. But, but if you look in the background, there's an old guy who looks like James J. Dillon singing karaoke to his wife. It's like their 50th oh, no, anniversary. Didn't bring and Tyvon up James is acting J. like that. Dillon. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you know that was that was the funniest. Jay. That's the funniest thing ever. Uh, I still have that video. I'll show you that later mm. on. But yeah, uh, okay, my one final question: 1991 versus 1993. What's the final score? Whew. 91 team. Now, what you got to realize about that 91 team is Drake's you know, playing with us. Now, okay, Drake can play with y'all, but but oh. understand this. You know, every when football, the coaches have to exchange film, so they get the previous two weeks. Okay, so for the first six games of that 1991 team, we scored on the very first play. Okay, that's how good our team was. We could score when we want to, but let me let me give you the kicker. We had two passing plays. We never passed the ball. We ran that ball down your throat and said, "Stop us." And and that's what it was. We was getting, we was averaging eight to ten yards a pop in the running game. So it, it it wouldn't have been close. We would have ran the ball down your throat. Our defense would have smothered everything y'all tried to do. You wouldn't have been able to get. You might have now. Boo might have got a little scared and threw an early pass up. And the thing about it is, if a ball is in the air, I don't matter what side of the field it's on, D'Angelo Mitchell gonna catch it. So if he just happened to get one pass off, y'all might have got that one completion. But other than that, I'm a, and I'm gonna be respectful because I love y'all. So I'm gonna say final score: seventy-two to seven. Seventy-two. Seventy-two to seven. Is that what you just said? You you. Seventy-two you, to seven. What would the real 72 score be? Seventy-two to seven. Hold on, hold on one second. Let me let me uh, <laughs> say something on that. You would have beat a team that's ranked 22nd in the nation in Class A by 65 points. Did that? Been there, done that. Now you gotta understand. You know, was now that, we was now hold on. We was putting up 38 a game ourselves. Now, respectively, we was shutting down everybody. People, okay. if, if people scored on us, now, I'm it, it was like. Now, if Fred and all them were watching, all my guys, we we took care of Arthur Hill. We took care of them without Marvin Wright. Without Dan Seaman. Well, they still had sword with, and all that. I mean, yeah, but he played linebacker. You know, I think Alfonso Boot was still there. He might have still been there, but but the the key, <laughs> the X factors was Marvin Wright and Dan Seaman. That's the ones who connected on that final touchdown pass that sent them to the playoffs and, and sent us home. 
And like I say, you guys, we scrimmaged y'all because y'all was like our little brothers. You know what I'm saying? I know, but you, can't, you, know, you can't base it on when we were you, children. You already know how you treat little brothers. You know, you, you put the hand on the forehead, you let them swing until <laughs> they get tired, and then you go oh. ahead and finish them off before mom and dad says, stop beating up on your little brother so bad. 72 to 7. 72 to 7. Okay. Well, and that seven would have came off of two safeties because I probably would have played quarterback and took a knee and a field goal. <laughs> okay, there you have it. <laughs> 72 to seven. They would have beaten our team 72 to seven. <laughs> Damn, Mike. No, nah, we, we probably would have. I think, I think what you're saying right now, <laughs> I think that's from years of a verbal abuse you've taken from Boo and Dre and all of them. On how, I mean, how great they were. Well, understand. I think this. that's the mic that's talking now. Now, now I believe that you would have had. Now you would have stood out. You probably would have been the MVP in a losing effort. <laughs> no, make no mistake about that. You would have been the MVP in a losing effort. But um, I, I just think that's competitive battery between you, Boo, and Dre all now, the years. Now, what what would be good is if you could do this. Because remember, we played. Um, you know, we played that that uh, northern team that we beat sixty six to six. That game. Yep. What you could do is ask some of those players what they thought because they knew, you know, it, it was like a, it was like an extended family when we played Northern, Northwestern, and, and Southwestern and everything. So they they knew. Now ask, my, now, ask my team what who he thinks okay well, would have won that because okay. he played against y'all too. Yeah. He, now ask my team who shut him out. Now we didn't score sixty six. Okay, we scored thirty five. But you ask him who shut them out. Anytime you put 66 on somebody <laughs> and then all they can come up with is six, that six was kind of like, a, you know what? We don't want you guys to not play football anymore. We want you guys to go ahead well, and come back to practice on the next Monday. So we got to give them a little bit Generally, so when we let them get that six. Generally, when you see a score like that where it's a 60, <laughs> or when they score I six. I love them guys, though. They it's usually the scrubs that allow that six. You put the scrubs in, you know, in the fourth, and they allow a touchdown. Yeah. And, then you're, and then on the bus, you want to kill them for ruining your shutout. Yeah. So it, it's really like a shutout. But it? It, it was Halloween night. The score was 66 to 6. So we, we couldn't have asked for anything more. It, it, it was made, it, it, was, it was meant to be just like it was and, and couldn't have had a better experience in high school football, college football, and everything now, that came. Now, I'm going to give Northern a little bit of love, though. I'm going to end it on this note. Absolutely. I will say this for like back in those days. For, for a team that was like losing all the time, they, oh, they had a lot of still division one. Hit you, they yeah. had a lot of division They're gonna hit you talent. in the mouth. You're not gonna just just run over them. They had good all in, eleven good players. I mean, uh, Robert Smith played on that, that team. Robert Smith was a good player. Yeah. Obviously, Mateen was a good player. Terry, Terry Thomas, Thomas was yeah. a good player. Herman Smith was a good player. Absolutely. Um, well, Courtney String was on that team. I Even Beard, they were all Northern, good players. Northern, Ali Cleve was honestly, on that team. the whole city of Flint. You could go down and, and just look at each team, each school. Everybody put somebody at the next level, and they went to that next level. I mean, you talk about Northwestern yes. with Dre Rising. You talk about Southwestern with um, Heisen Trophy winner Mark Ingram. I mean, Flint has put out some, ex I mean, just some ex exquisite, explicit, great talent, and, and, and it's still going on to this day. Not only that, Mike, me and Phil Botsiel just talking on the phone yesterday, we were talking about this very thing, Flint athletes and this. Mm -hmm. Not only did we produce a lot of great athletes, 
But I was like giving him the rundown on some of these Flint guys that are like all-time leaders yeah. at their like colleges and Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Take someone like Glenn Rice, who's yeah. Michigan's all-time uh, leading points. scorer. Yeah. When he finished his career, he was the Big Ten all-time yeah. leading scorer until Calvert Cheney broke his record. <laughs> right. Um, who else? You got, uh, I believe Stacey Thomas is still the woman's all-time yep. leading scorer at Michigan. Still got you know, records at Southwestern. Southwestern. Yep. Terry Furlow, a guy who played at Norman yep. in the early 70s, he still holds a single-game scoring record for Michigan State. 50 points in a game right. against Iowa, still record. <laughs> Glenn Rice in 89, when we won the national title. Right. He scored 184 points in that tournament. Yep. That is still a single record. tournament record. Yep. Christian Leitner is the all-time, like, all-time right. right. tournament. Mm -hmm. But single tournament, Glenn Rice. And then you take, like, Jeff Blair. Yeah. Iowa State's all-time leading scorer. Okay? Monte Morris, all-time assistant steals leader at Iowa State. He's the, uh, the, the late, great, God rest his soul, Roy Marble, all-time leading scorer in Iowa. From Beecher, absolutely. You know, we got a Heisman Trophy that came from here. Yep. The best woman's boxer ever put on a pair of gloves. Clarissa Shields. Currently is from right here. Absolutely. From right in these parts here. So Who's we the, uh, Flint, Flint's sports talent could com compare to several major cities. Chris Bird, heavyweight champion of the world at one time. Uh, the, he, was the, the, he was the champion. He wore the Durrell, belt. Andre and Andre the, 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 the Durrell brothers. Yeah. Who's the, who's the all-time leading rusher at Alabama? Does uh, Mark Ingram hold that record? Mark Ingram is all-time leading rusher at, at uh, Alabama. Yep. And then the, the all-time interceptions leader is Paul Krause from Bendel High School. Yep. I mean, Did you and, know that? And I even in, in baseball, you want to talk about Jim Abbott. I mean, you, no hitter for the Yankees. Come on, no man. hitter for the New York Yankees. A one-handed pitcher yeah. out there throwing no hitters. Come one on now. Flint, Flint has produced some, I mean, top-line great athletes. I mean, like I say, we could we could put our roster versus several major cities, million uh, million uh, population. Per capita, per capita, we're second to none when it comes Come to on, town. Now. Come on, you know, I mean, obviously we're not as big as Detroit. It's like mm -hmm. 100 times bigger than our city, yeah. but per capita. But, let, let, but if you put it on paper... We can we can roll with anybody. I used to work at Next Tier in Saginaw. He's mm -hmm. me and my buddy Van Delonia. He's a Beecher grad. We get into it all the time with these Saginaw guys up there. Sag, sag and these nasty, were, don't these were fun, respectable arguments. Like, yeah. Where we were like yelling and screaming. It was fun. You know how we like you know how we talk about sports with somebody. Yeah. We get into it, and people think we're stupid because they never played anything, and they just think, look at these Al Bundy guys. It's always somebody that's never played sports anymore that will call you Al Bundy because they have nothing to talk about. They have right. nothing to talk about. Right. But, and, uh, and the funny thing is about how, how stuff comes 360, my sister currently is the principal at Saginaw Arthur Hill. No kidding. Absolutely. Wow. And my sister, Martha Fordham. Yep, yep. And my sister is the principal at Durant Terry Mine Elementary. See? And that's another thing Phil and I touched upon. We weren't just talking about sports. We were talking about Flint in general, mm -hmm. how, like, like across the country, like, we're portrayed as, uh, like, a violent, you know, crime-infested. Right. I'm not, I mean, yeah, the crime is bad here. And then, obviously, I everybody mean, knows been about going the water. Down. Yeah. But <clears throat> what people don't know is that there are way more people in Flint that are like you than, than people that are and robbing like and you. killing people. Absolutely. You know, uh, yeah. there's, and, and we were giving examples of, like, other success stories, man, mm -hmm. and, uh, Man, Flint is full of man positive people. Yes, people who are are doing new, innovative, enriching. I mean, the the entrepreneurial opportunities in Flint. I mean, just just off the charts right now. I mean, so so I mean, say what you want to say about Flint, but I hope for, I hope that you have whoever it is has the opportunity to come here and and actually see what's going on 
And don't, don't just make you know, your, your opinions based on what you're seeing on the news. Come here to Flint and actually take a look around. Look at downtown. Our downtown hasn't been this vibrant in, I mean, 20, 30 years. I mean, some of the great things that uh, Uptown is doing and building that area up. Uh, Mont College has their new culinary um, uh, uh, school down there, right downtown. I mean, Michigan State, uh, they have another, they have a building downtown. Yep. The farmer's market is, is just booming. I mean, Flint is the place to be. I, I, I'm sorry. Flint is the place to be right now to me in the nation. We did a few of our shows, our podcast shows downtown Flint at the mm -hmm. uh, Hoffman's Deco Deli. Hoffman's oh, man. Right next to a where I bought yep. my Kango hat. I was yeah. just about to ring that up. A good friend and, of mine, and now that, uh, Heath Hoffman. Uh, and now the that owner. there was a, a Flint yep. Farmer's Market reference by Mike, uh, one of my childhood friends, Hope Myron, who's one of my best friends, has a store at the Flint Farmer's Market. It's called A Bit of Earth. Oh, okay. Go check her out. She's really, really good. Just for the people who mm -hmm. like to go to the farmer's market. Yep. Yeah, man, Flint, those, Flint those, is booming right yeah, now. Absolutely. Those businesses are thriving in, in downtown. Yeah. Flint, yeah. Flint is the place to be. If you, if you want to build and grow a business or, or whatnot, I'm telling you, come come check out some of this these opportunities here in Flint because it's, it's, it's about to go through the roof. And, and you know, I know we're a college town now. You, you realize that? I mean, Flint, Michigan, okay, you know, we understand the things that happen with GM. But man, I'm excited that right now we're a college town. We're we're big on education. We're big on STEM. We're big on robotics. Mm -hmm. I mean, the things that Kettering is doing, you know, it's it's just ridiculous right now. I was sharing with you earlier. I have you know about two teams down at Kettering right now competing in a uh, robotics tournament versus uh, you know teams from Davidson, uh, the city of Flint, Clio. I mean, there there are things going on here in Flint that would just blow people's minds if they would just take the opportunity to come down here and see what we're doing. Yeah. Flint is the place to be. Flint is the place to be. And you'd be surprised when I lived in Arizona for the time that I was there. I met a lot of great people there. But more so when I was in like Glendale, that the, uh, they would ask me if I was in a street gang when I lived out there because I was Mexican <laughs> and I had tattoos. That automatically means that I was in a street gang. I know. I know. Mm, mm, mm. But you know, well, Mike, check us out, man. I really do want to come to the to the academy, to the man, Cultural Center Academy. The invitation and, uh, is open. And I want to speak uh, any, anything. Just mm -hmm. talk us, whatever, get a little group together. And I'll just talk about the way Flint was back in the day. I'll tell them about, you know, like video games and like sports that I've played. I, <laughs> I have some parents who would, I, I'm telling you, they would love to be able to just give you a little blurb on how they feel about, you know, Flint back in the day and different things. I mean, again, you know, we have some some families that are well connected with the history of the city okay. um, you know I, I don't want to mention too many names or whatnot sure. but when if, if you ever get the opportunity I, I, I mean I can't wait to put you in contact with some of these people they've they've blown me away with some of the things that they've already done their students their families or whatnot so man the, the, the sooner the better because right now man I like I say I said again Flint is the place to be I agree. Well, Mike, listen, man, I, we'll get that uh, we'll get that set up, man. I will definitely come up and see you soon. And I'm going to have you on here. The next time I have you on, we'll talk a lot of wrestling. Okay. We'll talk a lot any, of wrestling. Stuff. Any events or anything going on at the Academy or Flint Cultural Center that you want the people to know about? I mean, well, um, coming up is the Holiday Walk on December 3rd. That's an annual event for the Cultural Center. Uh, bring your family, bring the kids. There's going to be several stations set up. Bring everything. your crutches because you can't bring, walk. Bring your crutches, <laughs> uh, and, but there'll be stations set up. There'll be hot chocolate, snacks, 
Uh, they'll be um, caroling. They're going to light the tree around 515. Oh, okay. We'll have a station in the Flint Cultural Center where you guys can come by. We'll have our book fair going on, Scholastic Fair, uh, book fair. So come on in to, to FCC Academy and, and purchase some books for you or your students or whatnot. I mean, it, like I say, Flint, Flint has a lot going on. And, and then the, the different uh, buildings, the institutions around the Cultural Center will be open. So you can go into the Flint Institute of Arts. Take a look and see what's going on there. Go into the Flint Institute of Music. Stop by the uh, Longway Planetarium. You know, take a look inside the Whiting or whatnot. It, it's going to be a great night. It always is. And thousands of people always come out. And, and like I say, I love for your, your listeners to come out. And if you guys can stop by too, man, like I say, it, it, it's the place to be. December 3rd, 5 o'clock. December 3rd. Center. Okay. Mike, we'll make that happen, man. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to, to going up there. I really am. All right. I'm really happy for you, what you're doing, man. And, uh. I wish you nothing but all the blessings man, in the world. You, your family, you, Ray, you already all know our me. friends, man. You know, all our central guys we talked about, man. We love, we love all of them guys. Absolutely. Thirty-one big, twenty-one. Big my family. team would have won. Oh, all right. <laughs> That's gonna. Uh, you can't end it on that. No. Oh, I, well, that was just. I gave you your prediction. You said eighty-nine to two. So I thought I'd give my prediction. <laughs> all right. All right. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. But I'll take that. You would be the MVP of the game. Remember hey. when Jerry? Remember uh, Jerry West? He was like a. MVP of the finals in a losing effort. He's yeah. the only guy. That would have been him. He would have been MVP of a losing effort. But, man, whatever, man. All right. That, that, uh, that's the end of today's show with Mike Fordham, man. A lot of fun with him. Yeah. Whenever you see me throw the book aside, you know. It's going to be a good conversation. It's going to be a good conversation. Yes, sir. And, uh, yeah. Uh, everybody needs to look, uh, go online and uh, look at the Flint Cultural Center Academy and look at what he's doing, looking for the events coming up. Um, Mike's a Mike's a good guy, you know. He talked about, you know, academics and all that, and he was a student athlete. He was a like a perfect example on how it is to to present yourself uh, as a student athlete, and then you look at him now, you know, to be able to look beyond his athleticism and still be able to make a, an impact uh, on the city and uh, give back to the community. I I, I couldn't have handpicked a better guy to speak on on stuff like that. Yeah, remember what I told you? Oh, one more thing. I left this part out. He, uh, if, if somebody were to ask me, what was your impression of Mike Fordham in high school? This is how I would have described him. Good student. The best football player at the time. I, I can't deny that. I feel a butt coming. If it sounded like if it sounded like he was talking about himself, everything he said was true. So I'll, I'll vouch for that. He was. He was all that. But Mike was like a... He was a tall, you know, he had that Bobby Brown haircut that people used to have. He we was used tall. to put the he color, really, the really burgundy big. color in the hair. Yeah. He was really, really, his chest was big, his shoulders were big, he had big legs. And um, he was like this this mean football player, but he had like a, like he had a soft voice. For those of you who remember the group Full Force, Lisa Lisa Colt Jam in Full Force, you look at these Full Force guys where they look like they did 28 years in prison for murder. But then you listen to them sing, and they got these beautiful voices that like make you want to call your ex-girlfriend up and tell her I'm oh, sorry or something. Cry That's kind of like how Mike, the way I viewed Mike, he was like a big like R&B singer. He was like a big R&B singer that could play football really well. So that's how I would describe him. <laughs> okay, everybody, that'll that'll include uh, oh, today's episode of the D Suite Nation. Be sure to man, follow love us you, on, Ray, man. on Facebook and on YouTube. Hit subscribe and hit like. And uh, we hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Absolutely. Have a good weekend. Go Blue. Thanks for the opportunity. You're welcome, Mike. Thank you. <laughs>